This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hello, hello, and welcome back to When in Romance, where we get to talk about all kinds of things related to romance novels, the people who love them. I am Jess. And I'm Trisha. And we are recording on Thursday, June 8th, 2023. It's a lovely 90 degrees at 6.45 p.m. for me. <laughs> I hope you have a nicer uh, evening experience, Trisha. Yeah, it's gorgeous here, and I feel like I can't brag about it because hopefully as you're listening to it, the smoke on the East Coast has dissipated, but right now it is gross out there. So shout out to everybody dealing with that. Yeah, I hope everyone's being safe. Yeah. Use the masks that you have to, you know, protect yourself. Indeed. How are you, Jess? We are, we've been gone for a minute. How is your wife? How's your snake? You mentioned having an eight-legged visitor earlier in the week. I don't want to pry, but uh, it does feel like, you know, it's the wild and wondrous adventures over there in the Pride household. The wild and wondrous adventures. Look, I love my snake because I know where she is at all times. And I know that she's mm-hmm. supposed to be here. The little friend that I discovered while I was going through some books and who basically crawled up and over from behind them and was like, why did you wake me up? I was not expecting to see. Mm. And I don't know if you're familiar with wolf spiders. I am thankfully not. When you're not expecting them, they look kind of like tarantulas. They're not as big as tarantulas, but they have fuzzy legs and they're, you know, their bodies are like one, one, one and a half inch. So their leg spread is like two or three or four. So this little puppy comes over the back of my romance shelf and I'm like, ah! But luckily I didn't hurt myself. Uh, I did not come back into this room until my husband got home so that he could find it and capture it and release it somewhere. Because it's not like I was going to, you know, get spider guts on my book. Like, what? Obviously. Come on. So, so yeah, that was a fun adventure. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say. I think of myself, because I grew up with spiders and was not always a fan, but I, I like to think that I, like, can handle a spider without too much trouble. This is the time of year where we have some, like, you know, I had one in the bathroom the other day and whatever. But that sounds aggressive i i thought maybe you don't just like knowing your love of creatures that others might be terrified by i thought maybe you like on purpose had a spider or a tarantula of some kind in your home sounds like that's a no that that is indeed a no it was i'm glad to have offered it shelter from whatever elements but it needed to go back where it came from yikes yeah okay well (laughs) Uh, I'm glad everyone survived it, I guess, including the spider. Although I'm not going to lie, I killed mine. Sorry, wildlife. I don't know. I mean, if it had been smaller and anywhere else, 
I might have tried. But mm-hmm. one, I didn't want to lose it. Like, if I missed the first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yep. I didn't want to get spider guts on my books. Because it was literally, like, when I when it came and was like, what the heck? It was. It just like hung out mm-hmm. on top of a f- three books. Like, why did you wake me up? Like, what what's going on out here? Oof. Yikes, boy! The world in twenty twenty three. It's rough. It's rough out there. Hope everyone is being well protected from their smoke and their spiders. <laughs> Absolutely. Ugh. In happier news, Jess. It has been a while. Tell me, what have you been reading since we have been apart? Oh my gosh, I've been. I've been bouncing all over the place and I've I've listened to the the beginning. I've been listening to The Enchanted Hacienda by JC Cervantes, which is her first adult romance, on and off for like a month because I have it on Libro FM, but I keep getting my audiobook holds from the library. So I have to stop. <laughs> listening to that (laughs) yep so that i can go listen to my library book and then go back to it so i'm still only like 20 percent into that because i listened to it like for a car ride to work and back and then it was like library book and then another car ride to work and back and then another library book so i've been working on that one and will someday finish it but i also really need to talk about this book that i started reading What's today? Today is Thursday. I started reading it Tuesday night because I have a friend whose name is also Jess, who is in my romance book club here in Tucson. And she has been talking about this series of books. She's found some way to bring up this series, like every time we've met, every month, and we talk about different tropes. So it's easy to bring up books. And finally, I was just mm-hmm. like, I need to, I need to read this series because the premise of the series is that very much in the style of the Umbrella Academy, this guy has collected these children and raised them because they have particular, uh, skills. Creepy. And their common factor is that they are all born with psychopathy so they're all Ah. psychopaths and he has raised them to become the best killers and they kill bad people oh so that's fine then yeah (laughs) the first book in the series is called unhinged Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and it's by Only James. The name of the series is Necessary Evil. So I knew what I was getting into. And luckily, sure. the author has put, you know, content notes in the beginning. And I have not yet had the chance to finish this book. But I'm hooked. Like, I understand why she is always talking about them. And in the first book, we meet Adam who is one of the killers. And when we meet him as an adult, he's like walking through the neighborhood where he grew up as a child and is stopped by a younger man with a gun. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you you don't want to mess with me. Just go away. And he's like, you killed my father. And it's like, Ooh, prepare to die. <laughs> yeah, basically prepare to die, but then it's like actually 
your father was an awful human being, and we just sort of got rid of that. And he has proof and proves it to him. And the guy sort of like slinks off like everything that he ever knew has been destroyed because it has. But then Adam is like, he can't stop thinking about this guy. It's like, is he okay? I know what trauma can do to a person who's been holding on to it for so long. Does, is he like, does he have an okay life? Like, is, is everything? So he starts following him. Oh. And just, you know, he's basically a benign stalker at this point. And that's really as far <laughs> as I've gotten. But I really, I need to know, like, everything else that's going to happen, like, as soon as possible. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like a benign stalker really opens the door to uh, <laughs> to a lot of opportunity. <laughs> I mean, you'll have to let us know. I, I promise to, yes. Well, and we appreciate it. I'm going to tell you about <laughs> what I am reading. But before I do, since actually my book that I'm reading has some relationship to podcast sponsors who we love, we will take a quick break and then I will explain the connection. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So as I mentioned, I'm going to tell you about the book that I'm reading right now. But first, I have to say I'm with you, Jess, and that I have been all over the place. I feel like I've been 90% of my reading for the last like two months has been rereading, which mm. I know you don't do because it's not your thing. And that's fine. <laughs> you, can, you can be wrong. It's fine. But I had a situation like a week and a half ago, like the last couple of weeks, I have had all these books that I pre-ordered just started showing up on my e-reader, right? So I have oh, no. For Good Side by Rebecca Weatherspoon, which is YA. I haven't read that one yet. I'm really excited about it. The Single Dads Club by Teresa Bahari, which I forgot was even mm. coming out and that showed up on my mm -hmm. uh, e-reader. And then the book I'm reading now, which is Crimes of Passion by Jack Harbon, who I think she at this point is still writing under the name Jack Harbon has mm -hmm. changed to be Bryn Harbon. But this book came out as an Audible exclusive, I think about a year ago. And then it just came out in quote unquote print. I don't know if there's like a hard copy print or if it's just an e-reader. But I didn't actually realize when I bought it that it was an audiobook first. And you can kind of see mm -hmm. why it works because it's actually about two podcasters who it's an enemies to lovers. And I don't even think you can say rivals to lovers. These people do not like each other. <laughs> They're both kind of crime podcasters. One is sort of like a sensationalistic true crime, like almost takes more of like a respectful but gossipy tone. The other takes what the gossipy one would refer to as like a very boring tone toward this sort of <laughs> podcasting has gotten more into kind of the social justice aspect of of crime and what's going on there. And it's, it's a sh I don't know if you call it a short story or a novella. It reads very, very quickly. I'm only, I don't know, I'm probably, I've, I've been reading it for like 20 minutes. I'm probably like 25% of the way through. Mm -hmm. 
But it's fun because some of it is written as like a script, which makes sense when you know that it was an audiobook. And some of mm-hmm. it is written more sort of like a narrative prose. And it is delightful so far. They are two already, even just having read very little about both of these characters, you can find them very compelling and they're interesting. And you can see kind of the tension between their styles. And I think we've talked about this before. It can be so hard to do a good job with a short story or a novella in terms Mm -hmm. of character development and relationship development. And you can really see kind of how these two people are building toward something that is not hate or enemies. You can see the two lovers part of it starting to spring up a little bit. (laughs) But they are, they get into a situation where it's like kind of screwy in a romance way where like, They end up needing to collaborate on something because one of their fans who has passed away, it was like her dying wish that they collaborate. It's kind of like a little bonkers, but, you know, for what it is, it works. Romance reasons. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, exactly. For romance reasons, they have to do a podcast together. Um, So there's a little bit of forks proximity in there, too. But yeah, so far, I am finding it really delightful. I would guess that it's great on audio if you have an Audible subscription or if you are an Amazon person. Some people are, some people aren't, whatever. But I'm enjoying it in e-print also. So again, that's Crimes of Passion by Jack Harbon. And I think I think you're going to enjoy it. I did listen to it a million years ago when I did like a free month of Audible to get something else, probably mm-hmm. Cara Bastone's third Audible original, because I am obsessed with those and will will pay for a month of Audible just to listen to those. Fair enough, man. Um, but then I I used my time to just listen to all of the new originals. So I really enjoyed that one. And I look forward to hearing what you think about the rest in text version. Well, I will tell you what happens with mine if you tell me what happens with yours. I look forward to our exchange. Indeed. <laughs> All right, I will let you talk a little bit about the deep dive. All right. So if you are looking for fascinating stories, informed takes, useful advice, and more drawn from our collective experience as power readers, teachers, librarians, booksellers, and bookish professionals, you can subscribe to The Deep Dive, a bi-weekly newsletter to inform and inspire readers delivered straight to your inbox. Uh, your first read is on the house, and you can check out all the details and choose your membership level at bookriot.substack.com. Your first read is on the house, but if you want to keep getting it, you have to pay for it. Uh, it's a $5 subscription. And if you decide that you'd rather just wait a little bit, you can get the splash pad. You can dive as deep as you want into some really interesting topics that I never expected to be fascinated with. So once again, check out bookriot.substack.com. Perfect. Other fun housekeeping news, in case you have forgotten, I don't know how you possibly could have, but the One in Romance Book Club (laughs) is back. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about Rules of Engagement by Stacey Abrams writing as Selena Montgomery. Ugh, all my brain is fried and my words are gone. We are recording that um, two weeks from today. So that'll be June 22nd and the episode will come out June 26th. So take a look, read that book, 
almost certainly your library has it, or if they don't, request it because they should. Mm -hmm. Or you can buy it, or you can do whatever. But send us your thoughts before June 22nd, and we will we'll shout you out if you send us uh, what you're thinking about it. Speaking of shout-outs, Jess, I didn't put this in our agenda, but I'm curious... Did you hear from anybody about our – so our last episode was our power ranking episode, which mm-hmm. was a little different from what we normally do. I didn't hear a ton of feedback. We did get one email that I'll talk about in a second. But did you hear anything from folks out in the romance universe? I think I might have gotten one tagged message on Twitter. But I think people either very much agree with us or have so many words to say that they just decided not to. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, we did get an email from MJ that I have to mention telling us that our huge miss was The Hating Game, uh, which uh-huh. is a book that came out, uh, I want to say in like 2016, maybe? Some, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, something like that, by Sally Thorne. And part of the reason that I think that this is funny, oh, it was 2016, good for me. Part of the reason I think this was funny is that I have actually, I did a list for a different website a million years ago, or I guess it was probably just like in 2019, um, <laughs> of the 10 biggest romances of the last 10 years. And I didn't include The Hating Game on that list. And that is the only other, t- like, this is the only other book that I have been told that I have left off of most impactful or best of romance books, because mm-hmm. I didn't like The Hating Game. I'm not sure I finished <laughs> it, to be fair. So maybe like that will be my project is that I will actually... Take another look at The Hating Game because clearly people feel very strongly about it in that it is, like I said, pretty much the only novel that I have been told that I am neglecting. And maybe that's not <laughs> fair. So I will have to take another look. Yeah, I, I look forward to hearing if you have thoughts about that in the future. I don't really remember The Hating Game mm. as much as a lot of people because I'm kind of like in one ear out the other when it comes to a lot of books. I will remember key elements. But since I've seen the movie now, like all of those key elements are very much the movie version. Mm-hmm. So I I enjoyed the movie. There were some elements of the hating game as a whole that I think the movie did better. So mm-hmm. I totally get where our friend is coming from because I do think it had like a a significant impact on the romantic comedy thing in general. But it's totally fair that we both forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, MJ mentioned that it was the book that kickstarted the current enemies to lovers and fake dating obsessions, which I do. Mm. I mean, it was... In fairness, I'm not sure that that is true, but what I will say, one reason that we certainly could have had it on the list is that it is one of the only, if not the only, romance of the time period that we were looking at that has, that did kind of spawn a studio adaptation. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. talk. It wasn't just a deal. Like, this actually was a film that many people have seen. I think Amazon maybe produced it. So, you know, it wasn't a specific romance site of any kind. So, I, you know, I think that part is fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that'll be my summer project is revisit the hating game. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We have done a lot of chatting. We haven't quite gotten into our main topic for the day, though. Do you want to talk a little bit about our topic du jour? Yes. So today we are going to be talking about 
uh, sports romances as a whole, but um, something that we've we've addressed a little bit in the past, and I've talked about uh, in a couple of articles, not as a central topic, but just sort of like as a thing to wonder, is about the discrepancy between the various sports that are represented in romance. And this this can be really obvious around now when I wrote an article about uh, hockey romances for Book Riot a couple weeks ago. And you know what runs alongside the hockey finals is the NBA finals. I was going to say the series finale of Ted Lasso, but I had a feeling that wasn't where you were going. <laughs> Well, yeah, that too. But <laughs> ironically, if you look on Harlequin's website, there are more soccer romances in the current rotation of their lines than basketball romances. So, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I will say this is a thing that you mentioned and suggested as a thing to talk about on the show, the the reason behind why there are like more romances about like MMA than there are about basketball, which may be a little bit of an exaggeration. But in terms of the percentage of people who regularly watch the NBA versus MMA, I think it's a little bit of an outsized thing. And as we were mm-hmm. talking about it, Jess, I, I, as I told you in our Slack channel, I realized I am part of the problem. I had read like one basketball romance series because you wrote a list of hockey romances that you recommended to people. I wrote a piece for Book Riot called Everything I Know About Hockey I Learned from Romance Novels because I had read, (laughs) sort of accidentally fell down a rabbit hole and read like 10 or 12 hockey romances. But for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, in the last five years, I had read one series about basketball and I kind of realized that I was part of the problem. So I ended up reading something else before, you know, this episode to talk a little bit about it. But I don't think I realized the extent to which... It was a thing, but it is definitely a thing. It is definitely a thing. And part of that, you know, we can blame publishers because traditional publishing is so far behind when it comes to basketball. Like if you Mm -hmm. look, if you look at sort of the array of things, um, I wrote a basketball article in like 2017. And I think two or three of the books were published by Harlequin, but they were part of the Kimani line. And when they ended the Kimani line, they said they were going to just place uh, their authors into the individual lines that were not separated by race. Kimani was specifically about Black couples. But I didn't see that come through when I looked through the Desire books that were sports related. They were football they were baseball. They were hockey. Well, actually, there there aren't as many like desire books that are hockey. Those are more mm-hmm. like Karina. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Harlequin, and definitely if you look at the non-category publishers, they they are so behind. But if you look at Black Indies, they are the ones doing the work to make sure that basketball is represented and not just basketball, but black people playing basketball. Because mm-hmm. I got to tell you, one of the weird things that I discovered was that there are a lot of white guys playing basketball in romance. And we can talk yeah. about it. We can talk about it in football. We can talk about it in baseball because there are 
prominent people in football and baseball and, you know, soccer and hockey, obviously, who are white. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. there are the vast majority of basketball players who people might latch onto as inspiration for their romance heroes are not white. Yeah, I think it's so interesting, too, because I think you're right. I think we can blame the publishers. I think, you know, we've talked a little bit, too, about how much of responsibility readers do or don't have. Mm-hmm. But I think you can also, uh, yeah, I've, I'm actually going to say this. I think you can put a little bit of blame on authors as well. Not all mm-hmm. of them, but, like, there is a very prominent romance author. I don't feel like it's necessary to sort of call her out, but who wrote an 18-book series You can find it if you look. You will not have any trouble. (laughs) Where, like, Mm -hmm. there's a, like, a surfer is included in the series. And, like, nine football players and six Mm -hmm. hockey players and three baseball players. But, like, there is, I mean, there are authors who will write about surfing or race car driving or whatever else who won't go anywhere near basketball, which is mm-hmm. a little bit of a surprise. And I do, you know, I think we can have and have had other conversations about if you're a white author, whether or not you want to take on a sport that is primarily black, because maybe you don't feel like you should be writing black main characters. I don't know. Again, that's a whole other conversation. But like, even with white basketball players, there's not a lot out there. Like, it's just a, it's a very mm-hmm. strange gap in the market, I think. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you had this experience too, but I also, when I was looking to kind of educate myself a little bit better about what's out there, I did not see a ton of queer representation in basketball romance either, which I feel like is interesting because as I was reading more hockey romance, there was definitely queer representation there. I feel like there's queer representation Mm -hmm. in soccer romance. I feel like I haven't seen, I've read a fair amount of football romance. I feel like I haven't seen a ton of it there. Mm-hmm. I haven't read as much baseball romance, so I don't know what's there. But it is, it's just been very interesting to kind of take a deeper dive look into where the gaps are. Yeah. And the interesting about queer stuff, and this might be because I've been similar to you, I've been like breathing hockey romance for the past couple of years. I think we mm-hmm. we blame Rachel Reed for that. I, I am happy to blame Rachel Reed for that because she has started me down this path and now I will never leave. But also a hockey fandom, I get I, like the people who do the, the Venn diagram of both hockey fans and hockey romance fans also live mm-hmm. in this world in the middle where they might be RPF hockey fan fiction fans. And I think that there is not as much shipping among like known straight players in other sports. And that might just be the fact that I don't see that happening as much, but also like. I don't know if I could see someone shipping like Steph Curry and KD like on Archive of Our Own. Like, I don't like, Mm -hmm. that's not something that my brain can like get into the way that I've seen like five or six years worth of Ovechkin Crosby RPF fan fiction. Um, And I don't know if the, if it's like, I mean, it all comes down to white supremacy, right? But, like, I don't know if it's the people who find large black men attractive aren't the people who are writing, like, who are thinking about 
what if they kissed? Now mm-hmm. I am, so now I need to, like, go investigate because I, ne- I need to know what if these, like, six foot seven very attractive black men just started making out in the middle of a basketball court. But that's, a, that's something for another day, another, another, uh, another conversation. Um, but yeah, and I, I don't know why it is that we've seen an uptick in queer representation in a lot of places, but not in sports romance. Interestingly, um, today, June 8th, Anita Kelly announced their, their new book that's coming out. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's about two women who are basketball coaches in like one is a high school basketball coach and the other is the mother of one of or the stepmother of one of her new students. And it turns out that she used to play in the WNBA. So I'm really curious to see how that works. Of course, I look at the cover. I don't know anything about the people on the cover, but they both present pretty white. So like, there's a lot going on um, when it comes to all, all of the things. Yeah. And your mention of fan fiction, I think is really important and relevant because I think that is a side of this that as somebody who doesn't really read fanfic, I don't have a great handle on. So it certainly could be the case that that is, as you mentioned, played a huge role in making certain sports romance spaces more comfortable for queer authors or authors writing queer characters. And interesting that that has not necessarily happened quite yet for all sports. Side note, If you are interested, I did just look up the Anita Kelly book. It is called How You Get the Girl. It's time for sapphic Tennessee basketball romance. So get excited for February 2024. I am excited. Especially because the WNBA is like the queerest sport. Like, why don't we have like all of these queer black basketball ladies? Okay, that's that's also yet another conversation for another day. It's good to say it aloud, but I haven't mm-hmm. actually done my research and hopefully I can find something in that universe before we reconvene. Well, we have a lot of follow-up from this episode. That can be one of your follows up. <laughs> follows up, follow-ups. At any rate. <laughs> Yeah. Um, We do have some basketball romance to recommend, but before we do that, let's take another quick break and then we'll uh, dive into some of the people who seem to have gotten it right. All right, Jess, this was your idea. You sparked our conversation, so I feel like it's only fair for you to go first and telling me about your basketball romance, Rex. All right. So one thing that I came across, you know, I talked about, well, I mentioned, I didn't really get very deep into it, but it seems like the black indie authors are really the ones who are doing the heavy, heavy lifting when it comes to basketball romance. So, um, I know that there is a series that I have not yet read that is a couple of authors writing together. The first one is by Alexandra Warren. The second one is, um, I think by Nicole Falls and it's called, I think it's called Shots Not Taken. I'm just throwing that out there first to mention it so that you have it there, but I, I'm not going to talk about it because I haven't read it. 
But I do want to talk about Let Me Hold You by Alexandria House, which actually is a second book in a series, but it's a series about a family and they all have different occupations. So it's not about a bunch of basketball players. The sec, it's just like this one, this one brother is a basketball player. And so he is, and the audiobook is fantastic. But the, the, the text version is just as good. I actually sort of alternated between the two. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so this, this is about the, the Klein family. And Leland Klein is a NBA player who's recently been traded or moved. I can't remember. I think he deliberately moved to a new team in St. Louis. And he's really big on volunteering and giving back to the community. So he starts um, volunteering at a community center. And the, you know, he's really, he's really good at working with the kids and everything. And he also likes older women. Interesting. So the director of this community center isn't, (laughs) when we first like hear him talking about her, he's like, you know, I like my women well seasoned and she's more like salt and pepper because she's like 35, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there is this, this spark between them that sort of builds out as a little animosity like, in part because it's like, you're a volunteer at this center and I'm the director. We can't have anything going on. Also, there is a, big relationship that isn't it's not a huge reveal like it it it, like you learn about it like 25 percent in but i am i'm gonna let you all discover the relationship that she has to another basketball player who doesn't like him um so it's you know there's there's a good amount of basketball in this one like he's helping kids and he's on the road but it's also very an internal story like the two of them are very into each other so you don't have to sort of watch them in the limelight the way that you would some other stories like even the first book in this series where the main main character is like a popular rapper so it's it's much more of a like sort of quiet like the two of them together kind of story instead of spotlight which i thought was really cool and there's a lot of stuff that happens but he he gets over the idea of her being not old enough in his older women need sure and the (laughs) name of that one again it is let me hold you by alexandria house awesome it's interesting that you say the thing about independently published authors or self-published authors, because the first book that I'm going to talk about is Long Shot by Kennedy Ryan, which, mm-hmm. if I am not mistaken, was originally published in 2018 as a self-published title, and I mm-hmm. believe is being republished this year. The whole series is being republished. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember who the publisher is. It's Bloom Books. Okay. So Bloom Books is republishing it, the whole series, they just, uh, I want to say like yesterday or maybe the day before, Kennedy Ryan published a video that includes what the new covers look like. Side note, the old covers are pretty hot. You might want to take a look before they're gone. <laughs> and so, longtime listeners may remember that I actually talked about this book in like 2019, I believe, mm-hmm. with Angie J. Christopher when you were out, Jess. And we talked about 
content warnings related to mm. this book because this book, as Kennedy Ryan is wont to do, will tear you apart and mm -hmm. slowly, painfully put you back together in the most satisfying way. But it is the most content warning -y book I think that I, oh gosh, probably the most content warning -y romance I've ever read. It features a lot of intimate partner violence, a lot of very graphic sexual assault violence. Like it is, it's a tough read if any of those things are difficult for you. But I will say it is, it's interesting because we were talking about how few books like this that there are, right? How few basketball books there are and all that. Both of the ones that I am recommending have more than four star reviews and ratings on Goodreads, which, you know, mm. say what you will about Goodreads ratings. But for a romance, I feel like it's much more common to have like a three, between a three and four star review. This one has a 4.2 mm -hmm. and 35,000 ratings. People love this book. And part of the reason that mm -hmm. I had to revisit it on Goodreads is because I read it now four or five years ago and loved it. But it's like I said, it's a rough read. So I couldn't really read it again. But it is about two characters. They meet in college. They have sort of like a one night meeting, not a one night stand. She's seeing someone else who she eventually marries. That is her horrible, horrific, abusive partner. But they like have this sort of connection and they kind of go their separate ways, but their lives continue to intersect over the course of time and over the course of years. And she feels really trapped in this terribly abusive relationship. And he is just kind of there ready for her. You know, that sounds very passive, but like, I think it's, you know, a couple of people in the Goodreads reviews mentioned that this is really her story. It's really Iris's story of trying to mm -hmm. find her way out of what really is a terrible and toxic situation. But you also really understand why she feels stuck and why she feels like she can't just leave. I think mm -hmm. it handles intimate partner violence in a way that is really sensitive and really true to the experiences of people who have been dealing with that. Again, if I'm remembering correctly, Kennedy Ryan actually talked with and interviewed people who have been in that situation. So it's a intense read, but also a deeply emotional book. There's some basketball in there too, also. <laughs> you know, it's important. Uh, I do think I, uh, I remember the other two books less well, but I think that those ones maybe are a little even more focused on basketball. But mm -hmm. this one definitely is grounded in the world of the NBA. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I would recommend it. Again, it's a tough read. Make sure you research the content warnings if that's something that you're sensitive to. But I highly recommend Longshot by Kennedy Ryan, either in its current iteration or the one that is about to be re-released. Yeah. And thank you for the reminder. Let Me Hold You does also touch upon intimate partner violence, not between the main characters. Obviously, there is a student who has an issue with that at home that both Leland and Kim deal with. And Kim has a history of intimate partner violence as well that is discussed with her and someone else. So definitely also, you know, read with care when it comes to that one as well. Um, If you, if you want something a little more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we move into the slightly lighter portion of the episode. <laughs> um, his Best Shot by Jay Nicole is a not quite novella. It's like a, a longer, a short, a shorter novel. And it's the first in a series, although I think it must be connected to a different 
Jay Nicole series because they're uh, like, she might be like Christina C. Jones where she has like this whole ecosystem of, of people and connects them throughout her books because this is the first in a series, but there are definitely people that you're supposed to know about their history and stuff. But I think you can still enjoy it without having read the books the other people are connected to. So in his best shot, we meet Imani, who lives in a small town. She's a teacher. Um, and she's visiting her friend who is a basketball wife in LA. And, you know, she's always been like, when are you going to hook me up with one of your teammates? And like, like thinking about ways to just like get out of this small town. And she ends up actually hooking up with someone from the team that her friend's husband loses to that night. So like they meet and like they, they see each other across the room at a club and they can't help but talking to each other. Um, so they have a one night stand and then go about their business, but neither can stop thinking about the other. And Julius is, he's his home home base is in Houston with his team. And she, I think lives in like Tennessee, but he is determined to like, he can't stop thinking about her. So he's like, well, I'm going to find her. So, you know, he does a few things that aren't stalkerish, but they like, even he feels weird, like asking someone to help him find her. But they, they kind of have this barrier of not just distance, but the fact that he is in the public eye. He's a basketball player. He travels all the time. He's got women, women throwing themselves at him all the time. And she is a teacher in a small town who doesn't particularly want to live that life forever, but doesn't want to be sort of like a kept woman. Like she, she wants something in between. So this book involves a lot of them not being together, but finding ways to connect. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a cute courtship as opposed to burning desire, lots of no strings sex that turns into emotions, which is what Let Me Hold You ends up being. Ugh, emotions. Gross. Emotions. I mean, come on. Not that there isn't fiery, fiery sex in his best shot. It's just not quite as like in your face as as the sexual relationship and let me hold you. Fair enough. And then I will throw out one more. This is the book that I uh, just read this week, again, after having realized how terrible I had been about reading basketball romance. <laughs> that is a book called Slam Dunked by Love. It is by Jamie Wesley. It's the second book in a trilogy that came out in like 2015. So it's out there. You can find it. And it is not a problem at all to pick up on the second book. Although now I kind of want to read the third book because somebody who's like a little bit of a villain in the second book becomes one of the main characters in the third book. And I love that Ooh. when that happens. Mm -hmm. I know, right? But anyway, about this book, Slam Dunked by Love, it starts out great. Like I told Jess, I got hooked immediately because it starts with Caitlin driving to this huge NBA, like Houston charity event to confront the coach of the big Houston team because he is secretly her father and like bailed <gasps> on her and her twin brother like 
right when they were born and was essentially like, I can't be involved with you, blah, 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 whatever. So she knows this now. She's going to go confront him at this huge charity event. So like everybody finds out because he has this reputation for being like a super nice family guy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but her car breaks down. And oh, no. it just so happens. Yeah, I know, right? But don't worry, Jess, because it just so happens that the person who sees that her car is broken down and stops to help her is the star player of that same team. And mm. so uh, he ends up taking her to this event for a variety of, as you discussed earlier, romance reasons. <laughs> she ends up pretending to be his girlfriend. Feelings ensue. And mm. uh, she has to figure out... What she wants to do, a fake relationship maybe starts to turn a little bit real. He's got some baggage because he has just been traded to this team after having a bad reputation on a previous team, which is a huge mm-hmm. sports romance trope. And this book reads really quickly. It's like, it's not super long, maybe 200, 250 pages. So it's, and it was traditionally published. It was published by Entangled, but again, kind of almost sort of a category romance type of book. And mm-hmm. I thought I found it to be a very quick read. I really liked the chemistry between the characters. I really liked the way that both of them kind of had to keep making decisions about what they were or were not going to do in terms of certain things. And I think your mileage may vary on how the situation Mm -hmm. resolves itself with the man who is her father. I found it to be a satisfying resolution. I thought there was going to be a version of it that I would have considered to be kind of a cop out. I did Mm -hmm. not find that to be the case in this one. And that is all I will say about it. But if you are, like me, interested in reading more basketball romance, I would recommend Slam Dunk by Love by Jamie Wesley. I really liked it a lot. Awesome. I'll have to I'll have to pick that one up because I've read the first one in the series and (laughs) never finished Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I think like the first one in the series is about like those people make an appearance in this one, but like it really is kind of, especially with the male main character from the first one, just an appearance. You mm. definitely don't need the grounding um, from the first one to know what's happening in this one. This is another book that has a more than 4.0. It's like a 4.8 rating or 4.08 rating on Goodreads, which, again, is not a thing you see a ton of. So I don't know. Maybe pick it up. Whatever. I mean, people love them. Yes. That's the thing. We just need more. And you know what? We are, we're bringing it into the world just by talking about it, Jess. Five mm-hmm. years from now, when we're talking about this again, there will be all the basketball romance anyone can handle. I got to tell you, I just went and looked up Let Me Hold You, and it has a 4.56 average rating. See? Basketball romance, man. You should write it. People love it. People love it. PSA. The <laughs> When in Romance podcast. Speaking of the When in Romance podcast, I feel like that's it. I feel like we've done what, what we can do this week, Jess. I think you're right. I think we have. So huge thanks, as always, to our wonderful audio editor, Jen Zink. Please find us, as you have often been able to do. You can certainly find us, as always, on our email address, wedinromance at bookriot.com. I am on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. You can find Jess as well. You can find me on Twitter at Jess is Reading, all one word, on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading, and on the TikTok at Jess underscore is reading. We would love to hear what you are thinking and feeling about rules of engagement, about sports romance in general, what you've been reading while we've been away, what you're planning on reading this summer, just, you know, all of the general stuff, what you think of our power rankings, that that window Mm -hmm. is still open. Feel free to let us know that, too. And if you have any queer 
WNBA's inspired basketball romances. Send them my way. <laughs> yes. And we are, I meant to mention this earlier, but we are, since we're talking about Rules of Engagement, which is a little bit of an older romance. We might be talking a little bit more about older romances sometime in the next couple of episodes. So if you have favorite romances that are more than like 15 or 20 years old, let us know that too. We will take a look. And I think that's it, Jess. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. And in the meantime, happy reading. <laughs>